Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. Time for your Mediated Conversation this uh, chilly Thursday morning. As I'm sure you've noticed this week, winter is here. It's been raining incredibly hard over the Nelson Mandela Bay region in the Eastern Cape. Pretty heavy rain in Cape Town too. Many other parts of the country, it's been very cold. And this has brought with it the cold and flu seasons. I'm sure you've heard on your radio over the last few weeks. At the same time, for people living in shacks and on the streets, a very tough time. And of course, for everyone, there's the impact of load shedding when it's cold and dark. So then, how do you get through the winter? This morning, we present your Mediated Conversation Survival Guide for the Winter and what do you need to do to survive for the next few cold months. Well, we are presuming, we were hoping to start with the SA Weather Service and speak to one of their forecasters about what this winter holds and whether we can actually see if it's going to be a colder or warmer winter than in previous years. Battling to get through to them at the moment, but we'll continue in the meantime. Dr. Adi van Heerden is a medical doctor in general practice. Robert Mulawudzi is the spokesperson for the city of Johannesburg in emergency management. What problems do you find? What kind of accidents do we see at this time of year? And then Delahapla Ru is the founder of the organization Towers of Hope in Mangong. They work with people who are living on the streets, people who are homeless, people who find this a very, very difficult time. We start then with the medical doctor, Dr. Adi van Heerden. Dr. van Heerden, good morning and thanks for your time. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So many people are suffering from snuffles and colds and flu. Why do we have more colds, more flu during winter? What's happening to our bodies? Hmm. So there are a few factors that play a role here. Firstly, the cold and dry air does two things to our body. One, it constricts our blood vessels, which then reduces that immune response that we'll usually have. And secondly, the dry air can dehydrate the nasal and respiratory passages, which makes it a lot easier for viruses to enter and cause infection. Um, The other big thing that plays a role is we spend a lot more time indoors, crowded, snuggled together. So, you know, those respiratory droplets from everyone else coughing around you reaches you a lot lot easier. Um, We have less sun exposure, which means that our vitamin D levels become lower during winter time, um, which also has an impact on our immune response. So then if you were not on the high felt, but say in, in Etiquini or in Cape Town, would you be less likely to get colds at this time of year because it's a lot, moist, because it's a lot, because it's a lot more humid, so your, your nose wouldn't dry out so much? Mm, so that will definitely help, but we must remember that it is multiple factors that are playing a role here. Um, seasonal viruses like our influenza, which gives our common cold or flu, is more prevalent during the winter months. So it's actually a virus that thrives in colder weather and spreads a lot easier. So you do have that increased risk there. And then even if you're living like somewhere in Cape Town, um, you consume a lot less water during the winter because, you know, you're feeling less thirsty. But that doesn't mean that your body needs less water. And that dehydration can actually decrease your body's defense mechanisms, causing you to get uh, ill more easily. I didn't realize there was such a link between the amount of water that you drink and a virus. Yeah, so being hydrated during winter is really important. And my top little tip would be to go for herbal teas. If you struggle to drink that cold bottle of water during the winter, opt for some rooibos tea or ginger tea um, or chamomile tea, anything herbal. Avoid adding sugars to that tea just to increase your water consumption.
Okay, so from everything you you say, we can expect this to always happen in winter. It is always going to be worse. Pretty much, but we can do things to help strengthen and support our immune system so that we don't get as sick as often. Okay, then what should you be doing right now to protect yourself? So drink more water, drink more tea, as you suggest, herbal tea. What other things can you do? And I mean, the obvious one is, you know, as as so many people say, don't go outside in the cold without a jersey. <laughs> exactly. So make sure that you dress warmly so that you don't get that vasoconstriction, meaning your blood vessels kind of all close up. And basic things we can do in the home is to make sure that we're eating a balanced and nutritious diet. We need good levels of vitamin C, so things like oranges and grapefruits and lemons and bell peppers are fantastic. If we're focusing on berries, we're getting in a lot of antioxidants. Our leafy greens like spinach and um, broccoli and kale have a lot of vitamins, so A, C, and E, as well as polyphenols. And then there are other things like ginger and garlic, which are usually part of those old wise tales, but those things do have immune-boosting properties. So incorporating those things into your diet during the winter can assist. Okay. Um, do you need to eat differently to how you eat in summer? Do you need to eat more? Do you need to eat less? Do you need to eat warmer foods if you can? So that, so that doesn't really play a role. I think in winter, people feel more hungry in general, um, and we tend to actually overeat. So I think it's more about being conscious of the quality of the food that you're eating. Are you filling your plate with a lot of fruits and vegetables and lean proteins during the winter um, instead of, you know, the fast food that's maybe full of saturated fats and doesn't have a lot of vitamins and minerals? That's more the focus during the winter time. Um, whether the food is cold or hot doesn't really play a role. Okay. Um, it does seem to me that people, I feel, I want to eat more during winter. Um, mm. And that must be a huge risk, partly, I think, because it makes you feel a bit warm sometimes. Exactly. So, obviously, there's that change in your food choice. You're going to go for the more comfort type of food, something that's delicious and warm, which is usually more calorie dense um, during winter. And then a lot of people also suffer from something called SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder, which can depress your mood a little bit during the winter. And when your mood is low, a lot of people, you know, reach for more comforting type of foods. Um, so that can, that can definitely lead to different food choices during the colder months. Do you also find that people exercise less? It is simply harder to exercise in winter. No one wants to go outside early in the morning. No, absolutely. So Reduced physical activity also plays a very big role, but we know that you do need to incorporate physical activity into your daily routine to help keep your immune system strong. So even though we don't want you necessarily to go out and freeze while you're doing your activities, you need to try and structure your day in such a way where you can maybe go for a jog over lunchtime where it's a lot more warmer outside um, and still get that physical activity in. And then the fact that it's dark so much earlier and so much later in the mornings and the evenings. I wonder sometimes if that affects someone's mood. Just the fact that it's dark makes you just want to sit at home. Yeah, it absolutely does. So reduced sunlight exposure during the winter can lead to those low vitamin D levels like I mentioned. Um, those low vitamin D levels are actually associated with increased weight and fat storage. 
And then, as I mentioned, the, the effect on your mood, so making you feel a little bit more sad in general. Um, luckily, we are in South Africa, so our access to sun during winter is pretty good. I would encourage people to get outside when the sun is up and get your face, um, your chest and your arms out in the sun to top up those vitamin D levels. Let's go for a brisk walk. It makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Dr. Adi van Heerden, thank you. A medical doctor in general practice. Really do appreciate the time. Starting off your mediated conversation this morning, your winter survival guide, 18 minutes to nine the time. Robert Mulhudzi is the spokesperson for the city of Johannesburg's emergency management. Robert, good morning. Morning, morning, uh, you and uh, morning to uh, the listeners. What kind of accidents do you see during the winter season? Do you see an increase in certain accidents, certain things that happen during winter that don't happen as much during summer? Yes, uh, in mostly in winter, we normally uh, receive uh, see an increase in terms of the number of uh, fires uh, in at our homes, most especially in our informal settlements, uh, because most of those residents they are using, you know, paraffin stoves, uh, they are using candles, and most of these items are used unsafely. So therefore, it makes them more vulnerable to fire incidents, and of course, the issues now of uh, illegal connections, and also in our suburban areas, uh, since we have got load shedding now, and we are on a higher phases, uh, we see that uh, most of our residents they are uh, now forced to use other heating devices. Maybe those who were not using candles, they are now using candles. You know, they are using other uh, heating devices which were maybe they were not used to use them on the normal days because of the load shedding. So we see now a lot of uh, fire incidents in both informal uh, settlements and also in our uh, suburban areas or areas which are mostly having houses which are built by people. Is there any data that shows how many of these things are linked to load shedding and people trying to heat themselves or get some kind of light through mm-hmm. fire or through candles? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's possible to keep that information. Yes, yes, it is, uh, because now if you look at uh, most of our, for instance, for example, uh, most of our residents in our formal residential areas, you find that, that, uh, uh, that most of the incidents are mostly caused by those heating devices which they normally use. For instance, you find that the slow shading, now one is used to maybe force to go get a, maybe a, a gas stove. Most of them you find out that it's a portable one which, uh, some they put it on top of the other stove which they normally use, which is electrical stove, which might be a danger. Most of our residents we find out that they use, uh, you know, um, gas cylinders which are not aligned specifically designed to the heaters. We find that they are using maybe a larger a cylinder, gas cylinder than the one which is uh, designed for that particular heater. You still find uh, maybe uh, residents using like your teacups or cold drink bottles as candle holders, which is, might be dangerous when that candle gets heated. It might fall into a kitchen or anywhere whereby, you know, you might have a fire incident at home. So we are seeing that now we are responding to more incidents than usual because of those, uh, you know, issues which we face now, which we are told we must still have it maybe for the throughout the the rest of the year so it's not only maybe because of winter but throughout the year now that we have uh, a load shedding we're seeing now an increase in terms of the number of fire incidents it's getting dark uh, uh, earlier and light 
later, which means more people are driving and walking in the dark. Now, with yeah. load shedding, you also don't have street lights or robots working. And I yeah. find sometimes, you know, there's a time of day when I'm often driving around, quarter past, half past six in the evening. For much of the year, it's light and I can see what's happening. At the moment, yeah. it's pitch black. People are standing yeah. in the road. They have no choice. That must be leading to more accidents. Yes, yes, we, we do respond to more, and especially on the, in the morning, you find out it's misty, you know, motorists can't really see, you know, what's happening in front of them. Hence, we encourage them to, you know, exercise caution as and when they're driving. There are those people who normally, like, maybe, uh, you know, jog, try and jog in the morning. Maybe other motorists might not be, you need to wear, make sure that you wear a uh, physical clothes, which, you know, motorists can be able to see you as and when you are doing your morning uh, exercise SG. You know, so that we can be able to prevent those, uh, you know, incidents. So also from our side, we're doing our uh, best to make sure that we go to, you know, our malls, you know, churches, areas where we know that they, they, we might find people just to uh, conscientize them about the situation we find ourselves in. Normally, we we'll go mostly focus our energies and our resources into our informal segments because we know that. Uh, those are the most, uh, uh, most vulnerable communities. But now, things have changed. We have to make sure that we cover everyone because of the situation we find ourselves in, of, you know, load shading and other things. And right now, also, we've got issues of people who are installing uh, what you call solar, you know, energy now. And then we're encouraging also those people to make sure that they get these things installed from reputable dealers because we also find that... Uh, there are some of the incidents which might be caused by, you know, uh, issues of these uh, connections which might be done. Maybe you might have a surge or something in terms of the uh, connection, the load of, you know, the um, panels on top of the roof might also cause some, you know, uh, you know, accidents mm-hmm. you know, or incidents in our home. So we're encouraging our residents to make sure that they exercise caution and make sure that as and when they're using heating devices, they don't leave them unattended. If you want to get, you know, uh, install solar, make sure that you get people who are certified to install those kind of, you know, uh, solar panels so that we avoid incidents which might occur after those uh, panels have been installed. Um, so could, could people look after themselves better? I mean, do you find that a lot of people are just sometimes careless? You know, people are messing around, people are tired, people are, you know, candles, and they're just, you know, we don't always look after ourselves properly. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, I think it does happen most of the time. If you look at mostly SG in the incidents which are occurring, for instance, with heaters, like uh, most people believe that, uh, you know, you can just maybe leave a heater in a room with the intention of warming up that room, which might be very much dangerous. You don't even want to take a chance because you don't know what might happen. So, yes, we still see that uh, most of the incidents which are happening they can be presented if we are much more conscious. For instance, the issues of living heating devices with younger kids. You know, young kids, they're adventurers. They will, they will want to maybe play around, fiddle around next to that heater. It can be a gas heater. It can be a, a you know electrical heater. So we, we're pleading with our you know parents, adults out there to make sure that they don't leave you know young kids uh, unattended while they're using these uh, heating devices. Since we know that we it's extremely cold now. You know, we're still going to have, we are told, we're still going to have these extremely cold temperatures 
for a very long time. Robert Molozzi, thank you. Spokesperson for the City of Johannesburg Emergency Management. Do appreciate it. In a moment, life on the streets during this period. Della Harp LaRue, the founder of Towers of Hope in Mungum, will be on your radio. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation this morning about how to get through winter. Della Harp LaRue is the founder of Towers of Hope in Mungung, a charity which works with people who are living on the street. Della Harp, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. To live on the street right now must be very cold, very freezing. What's it like for people who are in this position this winter? <laughs> you know, we, we have entered uh, since last week a very cold spell in Bloemfontein. This morning when I left my house, there was ice on the car. So I've got no idea how bad it is because I'm privileged not to live on the street. But it's terrible, I can tell you. Uh, people come to our organization for help, for warm blankets, for food. We just see the numbers going up. So it's uh, difficult, very difficult. Have you seen an increase in the number of people living living on the streets in the last three years? It seems since the pandemic, certainly in Joburg, there are just a lot more people who've been forced to live on the streets than there were before. Yes, definitely. You know, we our, our numbers at our daily soup kitchen as we before the average was before the COVID lockdown about seventy a day. You know, taken over a whole month. Now it's far. Over. Over 100. So uh, I think this month, most of the days, it has been about 150 a day. So there's more and more people that do not make it economically, whether they necessarily live on the street or whether they are barely surviving. Uh, so definitely poverty and it's just getting worse in our country. What is causing that? Do we know? Is it just increasing poverty, uh, uh, costs? Is it something else? Because it seemed that the number went up during the pandemic and then has continued to increase since then. Well, again, I'm just a, I'm just a pastor for NGO, but uh, you know, from where I sit, it's definitely the economy. It's definitely job losses. It's like the domino effect. If there's no no businesses uh, functioning, people don't get jobs. People end up on the street. They lose their accommodation. You know, it has a tremendous disruptive effect on the family life. You know, so so uh, in in a sense, also the economy goes together with the challenges in our political arena at the moment. We we're in a very strange place in South Africa. So all those things, um, the the poorest of the poor, they suffer the most. Um, so definitely, the numbers are increasing, and I believe primarily the economy. Okay, so we have lots of people on the street right now. We have a very cold winter. Are you worried that some people may die from exposure? I mean, they could literally freeze to death. Yeah, yeah. So we in our facility, we're connected to the old mother that reformed church in Bloemfontein, the Tower Church, and we have a, a place there of crosses where we put the names on of our people that we have been connected with uh, dying on the streets. And there's couple, quite a couple of them who have frozen to death uh, during the terrible winter months. So that's always a danger. I've heard from some of the guys living on the street, uh, one of the best ways to not f- uh, freeze to death on the streets is to... Um, is to not be alone, to be with some people, and to get up before the break of dawn, because then it's the coldest. Um, but uh, again, I've got no idea how difficult it is to live on the street. Um, uh, do you find that people are also moved from certain areas? So they might find a place, maybe there's a little bit of protection, maybe it's under a bridge, maybe it's in the corner of a square somewhere, and then the police order them off or force them to move or remove, take their blankets and things from them. Yes, yes, definitely. It happens all over, not only in Blue 
Bloemfontein. But I know, especially some of you in your network, uh, in all the big metros, you know, and in a sense, the police, I'm not sure they don't always know what to do. And there's a challenge also that you mustn't criminalize homelessness. The fact that somebody is homeless and trying to survive on the street does not make them a criminal. You get criminals in all sectors of society. So whether it's the police removing this stuff, whether it's some business owners, you know, you don't want, you know, people sleeping in front of your shop and you come to your shop in the morning and these are people and they don't have toilets and all that. Or whether it's the guy stealing uh, one another's possessions, you know, that's also what happens. So it's, it's a jungle out there uh, for people to survive in normal circumstances, but so much more in wintertime. Is there also a link between this and substance abuse? Um, you know, I know a lot of people just presume that anyone living on the street must be an addict of some kind. That's the assumption. Yeah, that's of dangerous assumption again you'll get substance abuse in all sectors of the socioeconomic uh, levels of society um, uh, what happens is that in order to survive in order especially in the cold months like winter not to freeze to death i mean if you have some other drug or alcohol or whatever that sort of dead in your senses it in a sense helps you to to bear the the, the, the tremendous cold so uh, so homelessness does not equal substance abuse although there can be maybe percentage wise if you do a good study there might be some more on, uh, on the street with substance abuse one of the issues we find here in Bloemfontein is people uh, from all culture groups with psychiatric problems they cannot function in the family or especially when things get difficult so 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 i think the numbers in our limited experience of people with psychiatric problems are very high on the street um, they cannot function in so-called normal society um people often ask motorists for food or money how should you respond what's the best help to give to someone in that situation <laughs> It's always a difficult one. On the one hand, uh, and I've been speaking only for us, but all of uh, my colleagues in the similar organizations and faith communities that have a heart for homeless and poor people reaching out to them, we say rather become involved with us. Um, we have people working uh, seven days a week, you know, understanding a little bit about homelessness, having connections with, with people on the street. But again, there's not, we are not enough uh, NGOs and, and similar organizations across South Africa to be at every corner with our homeless people. So secondly, if you do give something, you know, uh, do not think that um, the people are necessarily going to use it for drugs. You know, here in our city, people stand at the robot and ask for money. I know they need money also to, you know, pay for paraffin. They need money also to support their children and so forth. So a friend of mine told me long ago, if you give money, it's you give you give it with the best intentions and you entrust that to that person. On the other hand, there's also the challenge that some people prefer with all kinds of ways to be uh, manipulate people at street corners and try to get as best, uh, you know, as best as possible from, from passing people. So, so it becomes an industry also. So there's so many, 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 many sides to this, uh, but I appreciate people caring and people wanting to do something primarily get involved with NGOs and faith communities. Dela Harp-Laroop, thank you, founder of the organization Towers of Hope in Mangung, working with homeless people through this winter. Robert Mulodzi, as you heard, is the spokesperson for the city of Johannesburg's emergency management, starting us off today. The medical doctor in general practice, Dr. Adi van Heerden. Well, I hope that'll help you get through winter. From Stanza, Banyana, uh, Zoma, myself, look after yourself. You with SFM, leading the conversation. It's nine o'clock.